Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Let's find out how things are standing now. In Israel, as far as the Israeli Defense Force is concerned, the Israel Defense Force, and how the Israeli military is uh, preparing to do what uh, the country said it's going to do, and that is enter Gaza and finally and forever eliminate the threat posed in the violence delivered by Hamas. We are joined by Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricus, the spokesperson for the IDF. Lieutenant Colonel, thank you very much for the time. Thank you for having me. How much can you share with my listeners about Israel's preparedness to enter Gaza and eliminate the Hamas leadership and Hamas itself? At this stage, what I can say is that we've been striking Hamas leadership, infrastructure, and degrading their military capabilities from the air for the better part of two weeks now, ever since the massacre of October the 7th. And uh, we are preparing ourselves. Our troops are around the Gaza Strip. They are combat ready. They have done preparations, final preparations, training, our task in in battle formation. And once the order will be given by the Israeli military cabinet, the IDF will commence. And obviously, there are many considerations before you launch a significant military activity. Uh, those in the physical uh, domain, uh, weather, soil conditions, but also pertaining to the enemy, your own readiness, and then political and diplomatic considerations. But when the conditions are right, the IDF will conduct major operations, and we will uproot Hamas. We will rid Hamas, we will rid Gaza from uh, uh, this horrible terrorist organization, this ISIS-style organization that has been allowed to fester there for all too long. Hopefully, it will end with a much better situation for Israel and for Palestinians living in Gaza. I'm just thinking about the IDF as an extremely professional military organization. You've proven that repeatedly uh, when when Israel was attacked in uh, 1973. I was around for that. Um, But there has to be a personal component for each and every member of the IDF. When when, when they look at what happened on October the 7th, and I've talked to a number of people, Lieutenant Colonel, who've said, look, there isn't anybody in Israel who wasn't in some way personally affected by that attack on October the 7th. There has to be a personal component, yes? Yes, there is. And, you know, beyond the personal, which you are correct, it touches everybody. I have... uh, close friends from the military who are no longer with us, uh, who were killed while fighting. I have uh, uh, family members of a friend. One of them is now held hostage in Gaza. And my story is similar to those of many other Israelis. But beyond that, you know, it's also the issue of how could this have happened and how can we prevent it from happening again? There's a lot of reckoning that will be done in Israeli society, in the IDF, and the entire defense establishment 
you know, we, we cannot allow for a situation like this to happen, for such an atrocity uh, uh, to be conducted against our civilians and for the perpetrator of those atrocities of murder, rape, mutilation of bodies, uh, summoning uh, executions, and of course taking hostages, we can't allow for such an organization to exist after uh, they've done something like that. So there's a very significant military challenge ahead. There's a long way in terms of fighting and then rebuilding, rebuilding our communities, rebuilding the trust between between Israeli citizens and the government and the military, uh, and it will take time. I am confident that we, the IDF, will uh, investigate ourselves, get to the bottom of what happened uh, on October the 7th, prevent it in the future, and most importantly, uh, create the conditions to facilitate a safe return for Israeli civilians to their homes. Yeah, that's going to be a big challenge. People will be very unsure as they return to their homes after what did happen. And I'm sure that it was a massive surprise, a horrible surprise to Israelis everywhere in the country that Hamas was able to enter Israel as it did. So you've also, the IDF has been in an exchange of fire with Hezbollah in uh, in, uh, in Lebanon to the north. Is a second front of fighting for Israel inevitable once the IDF enters Gaza? A second front that will present you with and confront you with a far better equipped and far larger enemy than Hamas. The IDF fought a, a war with uh, Hezbollah in 2006. Do you see a second front developing? Yeah, your assessment is spot on. Uh, Hezbollah is far more powerful and far more dangerous. They possess nation-state capabilities in terms of quantity and quality of weapons. And to use an American frame, a whole other ballgame. Uh, we understand that. And what we have said to the state of Lebanon, not only to Hezbollah, but to the state of Lebanon, we're asking them, is it really worth it for you, the state of Lebanon, to jeopardize what is left of Lebanese prosperity for the sake of the ISIS of Gaza, Hamas? Is it really worth it? Because that is what Hezbollah is doing. Up until now, the IDF has been in defensive and responding mood, move, uh, mode Sorry, only uh, with regards to Hezbollah. They've been attacking uh, firing dozens of anti-tank missiles at our civilians and troops. They've been sending uh, drones across the border. They've attacked military positions. They've tried to infiltrate. They've basically done almost all of the things that they can within the tactical area of operations. We have responded to those attacks, and we've taken out quite a lot of Hamas operatives. And so far, sadly, with seven Israeli casualties, both military and civilians. It's still maintained at a certain threshold, but I think we are definitely nearing a situation where Lebanon is very close to the brink. Hezbollah is pushing Lebanon towards that brink. We haven't started this. Uh, we are not the aggressors, not in the south and not in the north. But if these two Iranian proxies, Hamas in the south and Hezbollah in the north, will force us to defend ourselves, uh, I think that at the end of it, those who will be really sorry for it will be Hezbollah, Hamas, their Iranian masters in Tehran, and of course the countries, specifically Lebanon, which host uh, Hezbollah. Mm -hmm. um, 
The foreign minister of Iran issued a warning to Israel about entering Gaza. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Um, so how concerned are you about that? And what, what level of concern does the IDF have that if Hezbollah becomes involved and, and, and sponsored by, uh, by, by Iran, as is uh, um, Hamas, that other countries in the region will be drawn in? The IDF is very powerful, but that would be a tremendous strain on your military, would it not? It would indeed be, and you know, I can. We, I always try to look at things from my enemy's perspective. I can understand that the Iranians are concerned and that they're signaling very aggressive uh, messaging uh, because they understand that we are going to dismantle one of their proxy organizations. At the end of this war, there will be no more Hamas, and that will be billions and billions of Iranian money, well, dollars actually, but in Iranian money, that will go down the drain uh, because they went uh, one bridge very much too far uh, with the atrocities that they did on uh, October the 7th. Um, I can understand that they are concerned and they are threatening to escalate the situation. Uh, and of course, I would uh, caution uh, otherwise. Uh, Hezbollah is a very powerful enemy, but Hezbollah has its weaknesses. Hezbollah has the local population that they must be held accountable to. Uh, and they also remember what happened in 2006. Now, other countries in the region, their interest in fighting against Israel, uh, I think, are minimal. And I think that the presence, the very rapid and clear presence of U.S. military assets with very strong political backing in the region to full um, combat groups uh, of the U.S. Navy with all of its capabilities to aircraft carriers with interception capabilities and strike capabilities. Uh, those are important, and they're not here uh, to help us deal with Hamas. We'll deal with Hamas and we'll deal with Hezbollah. But that is in order to make sure that all of the other regional players understand that neither Israel nor the U.S. wants this to escalate into a regional war. If it's forced upon us, we will fight and we will win that war as well, as heavy and as gruesome as it will be. But we definitely are not looking for it. We're trying to uh, uh, prevent it from happening. And let's hope that international pressure will be focused on Iran, uh, on the fact that they are the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism. They bring nothing but violence, despair, poverty, and devastation wherever they go, in Yemen, in Iraq, in Syria, in Lebanon, in Gaza. Um, and I think that it is time for the world to recognize them for what they are. Lieutenant Colonel Conricus, you uh, I've watched you uh, on some interviews, and uh, you're not afraid or not shy or not reluctant to call out interviewers who either don't understand or don't want to understand what the reality is. How disappointing is it to you, as, a, as an Israeli, as a Jew, as a member of the military, to see these massive demonstrations in support of Hamas, these massive demonstrations which by extension are support of Iran and all of its terrorist activities and its support of terror? How disappointing is it to you that this country, until today, was not willing to say that the the explosion at the at the hospital in in Gaza was was not uh, caused by Israel. How disappointing are these these circumstances, these situations to you? Let's uh, try that on the positive. 
I am very, I think it is commendable that there are a lot, most uh, democracies in the world, their leaders are, uh, there's a constant uh, uh, flow of leaders of the free world visiting Israel, expressing their unequivocal support of Israel, their support of our right to defend ourselves uh, and to uh, to rid uh, Gaza from this cancer that has been festering there for so long. Uh, I am disappointed that uh, so many people that are professional, seasoned journalists get it wrong repeatedly when it comes to uh, using Hamas information and, 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 and giving that or, or attributing that with the uh, veneer of truth. Uh, I think that is very, very uh, dangerous and, uh, in fact, reckless reporting. Uh, the BBC, the New York Times, and many others, I think they were, that was substandard journalistic work, uh, to be frank. And I call on uh, others to do, like the U.S. defense establishment, like the French, like the Italian, and many others have done. They've done their own investigations based on open source and other types of intelligence and come to the conclusion and have been uh, brave enough to say, this is what we think happened. And uh, in this case, we stand by Israel. It's not an automatic standby as well, but in this case, we've looked at the details, we've looked at the intelligence, and this is what, this is what we assess from a professional point of view. I think that is very important uh, because you want to be on the right side of things. You want to be on the right side of history. You do not want to be a supporter of mass murderers, rapists, uh, of the butchers who mutilate bodies and, uh, and abduct babies and women and children and the elderly and hold them as hostage. Those are not the, the, the guys you want to be uh, recorded as supporting, directly or indirectly. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.